number four of the Bill Michael Show. We are glad you're with us. Thanks, as always, for joining us. This portion of the program brought to you by a lot of good people, our friends over there at Bud Light. They're the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Thanks to them for being a part of the program. Certainly appreciate it. Um, got a lot to get to still. Um, Justin, or excuse me, John says, what positions are going to be a part of the focus of the 2022 draft? They have a lot of salary cap work to do before the draft. Um, boy, it depends on who they cut loose, but you can never have enough offensive and defensive linemen and enough pass rush. That's first and foremost. Uh, then you get into the specialty weapons of wide receivers and such. Um, good question. Your running back position's locked up. Um, you can always, Robert Tunyon's going to be back, but you can always get a tight end. Uh, always second. I mean, you know, you can pretty much hit anything. I, I you know, you want to look for a pass rusher. Chances are that Zedaria Smith, depending on his contract status and what he wants to come back for, probably not going to be here. Uh, but man, you're right. They have so much. They're they're thirty five to forty million dollars over the cap right now. They got a lot of work to do. And then you got to think about Devontae Adams. If they franchise tag him or if they work something out with him. Um, man, got a lot got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Uh, Kim says, uh, any word on Billy Turner? No word on Billy Turner yet. But last week they were hopeful. So my assumption is this, that and I never even brought up Billy Turner, so kudos to you for bringing him up. But can you imagine getting Billy Turner back? Bakhtiari and Josh Myers are already back. Zedarius back. And Jair back? With what you already have? Man. That, that's just almost unfathomable. That you're going to be getting stronger, better, and healthier as you're team efforts towards a postseason championship uh, it just it just doesn't normally happen in that way which is why I really like the NFL rules the way they are and I know it sounds crazy but it's almost like you were kind of glad you got rid of the the injuries early on you know so you bring Turner back and he goes back to his his most likely your tackle and then David Bakhtiari now, Josh Nyman did an admirable job. I don't know about moving him over, but you're pretty much set then. And you have depth at your offensive line position. That's the most amazing thing about it. That you go from a position of you're biting your fingernails because you can't afford a couple of major injuries. Now you've got a little bit of, little bit of breathing room. You would almost say, I'm not going to say you're going to be at your playoff best, but you're going to be close to it with experienced players coming back. Uh, Glenn says the guy that says Aaron Rodgers is going to the downside of his career was crazy. Uh, look at his numbers and the teams that he has played with. He has been absolutely amazing, and he's done it for year after year. And let's say last year was a down year, question mark. He's got the smiling, uh, laughing emoji. No way he won an MVP last year. He's going to win it again this year. 
Um, and again, last year, it wasn't a down year for Aaron Rodgers. If anything, it was it was an up year. But when you look at the the NFC Championship game, it wasn't the best of performances. That I'll agree with. But to say he's he's only a stat guy, I, again, I don't I don't agree with that. That that's there are people out there that want to find a reason you're going to fail. So when you fail, they can say, "Aha! I told you so." Pointing out failures in sports is easy. Why? Why is it easy? Because out of 32 teams, 31 of them won't win. So 31 chances, you got an opportunity to be correct and say, aha, I told you so. Tell me the one that is going to win. Give me the be Nostradamus. If you are that smart, then tell me who will win and why and see if it doesn't come true. I get I get it every 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 Monday morning when I open up Twitter. I we get done doing the Green and Gold Post Game Show. I open up Twitter, and I'll get ten tweets at me that say, "I told you this. I told you that." And I'm, I go back. I'm like, "I you didn't tell me anything." I I even click on your name, and I'll go back and look. And in the last week, you didn't tell me anything. You didn't. But but that people like to be right. So that's the reason you get guys that say that. That's the reason fans set themselves up for the worst because it, the majority of time you're going to be right when it comes to failure because there's only one team that can hoist the trophy at the end of the season. So therefore you're in the majority of correctness versus going out on a limb and having the risk of being incorrect. But if you win, then you're like, oh my God, I didn't think they could do it. This is great. This is great. But you're the first one to go, I told you so, in a sarcastic SOB type of manner when they falter when other people have optimism because you need to be right. Now, don't get me wrong. It's what drives talk shows. I can't completely complain about it. It's what we do. But that's in essence, that's what we do as people. Um, 877-867-1670. Find us. Uh, Doug says, tonight's game, I got Nick Saban winning it again. Who you got? Doug, I'm in that same boat. Ben Kenny's thinking Georgia's going to pull it out tonight. I am looking forward to it, though. It's a national title game. It's football. Yes, Ben? I'm going to responsibly put my entire life on Georgia. Okay. Very responsibly. All right. The entire life of one Ben Kenny goes on Georgia. Good stuff. By the way, over on Instagram, um, over on Instagram, Zadarius Smith has posted a video making it official he's back. I don't know if you've seen it, but apparently uh, they reposted it. Uh, Tom Silverstein of the Journal Sentinel also getting it. Uh, it's a video that comes back with uh, Ian Rappaport making the uh, the um, revelation this morning. So if you click on it, uh, I don't have it specifically sitting here, but I can certainly find it. But it's over. Uh, you know what? I'll retweet this. So if you want to see it, you can see it over on uh There it is. I just retweeted it. So if you follow me, go follow me at, at Bill underscore Michaels on Twitter, and you can see it there. Or if you follow Tom Silverstein, then you know what I'm talking about. But it's basically him saying, yes, I'm back. So good news. If 
you're a Green Bay Packer fan. Real good news. Uh, Nathaniel says, uh, love what the Badger basketball program is doing. Your thoughts on Greg Gard for Coach of the Year. That's a thought. Wow. That's a thought. I haven't gone that far, but you're right. For where they were kind of projected to be to where they are, if this continues, Ben, wouldn't you think that you, you would have to give it to Coach of the Year, right? You would have to give him Coach of the Year. In the Big Ten right now, yes. I don't know about the national stuff because once you get through all of college basketball, I'm not sure, but right. he, he's done a remarkable job. Even last night, and, and this is very, you know, in the weeds, but telling Brad Davison to miss the last free throw so Maryland couldn't get an easy shot up. Like he's uh -huh. pushed every right button. And the crazy thing is, is the team is so situationally great. It's not even that they're outplaying everybody, but when it gets down to two minutes left in the game, they always make the right play and they're winning all right. those close games. And that's coaching. Uh, Jamie says, could Bruce Pearl win coach of the year and not be eligible for the postseason? No, he, he won't. There's no, there's no voter in America that's going to vote for him to win coach of the year. There's just been too many scandals in Bruce's time. Um, even though he's got Auburn sitting at number four in the country, uh, there's been too many scandals. Nobody will vote for him. Um, good point though. Yeah, you would have to get. I mean, if they if they knock off Ohio State, Ohio State sitting at number fifteen in the coaches' poll, number sixteen in the AP. If they knock off Ohio State and continue the run, now you would obviously have to beat, say, Michigan State. Beat Michigan State because um, they've got Ohio State, North, uh, Northwestern, then Michigan State. You beat Michigan State because they got. I think they got Michigan State twice this year, don't they? I think they do. Um, if you beat Michigan State both times, yeah, you would almost have to. You'd have to be in the top five of coaches, that's for sure. If you get uh, – now, I don't know because uh, that's a regular season uh, award. But you would have to consider Greg Gard for Coach of the Year. Certainly in the Big Ten, I agree with you. But you would have to consider Greg Gard for Coach of the Year. be crazy not to. Big game coming up, though. No doubt. Big game coming up. What is that, Thursday night? Thursday night they take on Ohio Thursday State? Thursday night. It's during the huddle, unfortunately. Uh, 6 o'clock. Well, that's fine, though, because we'll, we, we'll be out doing the huddle, and people that want to come and see the huddle, they can also uh, watch the Badger game on TV. Right. Because we do it at some of the best sports bars in the state of Wisconsin. So, yeah, come on out to the huddle. Where are we at on Thursday night, by the way? Let me see here real quick. Um, oh, we're at the Broad Stop. The famous Brat Stop down in Kenosha coming up on uh, Thursday night. The Brat Stop's great, and the reason why is because the Brat Stop you get, they have some famous food. Obviously, it's called the Brat Stop, so you get the Brat. So you get the big, the big giant Brat that's bigger than your head. And then, if you have room after the huddle, you head up the street, and it's the only, as far as I know, the only White Castle in the state of Wisconsin is right there in Kenosha. So you get four or six, depending on the appetite, double cheeseburgers with that bag of crinkle-cut fries, and you bring them home. And as soon as you burp three or four times, you get the broad out of you. Then whatever's on television on Thursday night, you sit back, relax, and watch it. You eat the sliders, 
and you wake up on Friday morning, it's a free-for-all. It's like a, just a ride at Wet and Wild. It's crazy. That's what you do. That's the reason a broad, spot, broad stop is so good. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. Mike Clemens is going to join us. Our good buddy Mike is going to be here. He's going to take, it the rest, uh, take us the rest of the way as we talk with him uh, about the Packers' loss, getting some of these guys back. Good news from Zedarius Smith that he is going to be cleared to uh, play and participate and begin practicing again with the team as well and also start to talk about the matchups in the postseason for the Green Bay Packers. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. So Raymond in the backfield. Look at this trickery. Kennedy got a man. Raymond wide open. Now it's a foot race on his way for the touchdown. Uh, first down. Oh, another trickery. This time it's back to God. Got a man. It's caught by Wright. Racing to the end zone. Diving. Touchdown, Detroit. This is like watching my nine-year-old play Madden. It's just every fun play in the entire playbook from the year. Forget it, we're just going to run them. That was awesome. Oh, reverse, flea flicker. Uh, when I was younger, we ran uh, like a 38 pitch pass. We ran like Bushbone, 38 pitch pass in a nine-year-old championship game. Scored a touchdown on that. Welcome back. Trickery. More trickery and exposed the Green Bay Packers. Maybe gave them a glimpse of what could possibly happen to them in the postseason, so maybe it's not such a bad thing. Joining us now uh, on the hotline, our good buddy, uh, NFL Serious Radio, and our Green and Gold Insider, Mike Clemens, is here. Michael, how you doing, buddy? Well, pretty good. You know, it's Tom Kennedy. He's like 5'10", 5'11", one of their wide receivers. And the guy is talking about, you know, so often he throw the ball and goes, you know, not often. I did that when I was in my nine-year-old championship. So, you know, you got Dan Campbell pulling out Pop Warner plays and beating the Green Bay Packers with them. <laughs> I thought that was right? pretty amazing. And so, you know, here's the pressure on for Kennedy. Like, all right, you know, and they, the Lions have made these changes. You know, they brought in all those former players and coaches to be part of their staff. They brought in Anthony Lynn, the former Chargers head coach, who uh, was their offensive coordinator, was relieved of the play-calling duties about six or seven weeks ago, probably because he was trying to run more of a power game, and they didn't really have the horses for that yet here in Detroit. So, you know, they just started coming up with more crazy stuff. Matter of fact, Anthony Lynn got fired last night after the game as offensive coordinator. So Kennedy was asked, so how many chances did you get to, to run that play? How many times did you rep that razzle-dazzle 75-yard touchdown pass, you know, that you threw to uh, Khalif uh, Raymond for that uh, big uh, momentum-changing touchdown? Um, I think three times maybe. Like one, uh, Wednesday and walked through, through it like routes on air and then Thursday in practice. But basically same formation, same motion, bringing it back, making it look like that play, that play. That play. And then he just kind of tossed it back to me. Khalif fakes the pitch, kind of just – gets lost, and then uh, Josh Reynolds just kind of taking two, trying to grab the safety, get him out of there to open up the space, and it worked out really well. That was probably the best ball that I threw out of all of them. So, 
So, Mike, I will say this, and I know there was a lot of uh, you know people that were talking about, well, the Lions just gave up their opportunity for the first overall pick. I like Dan Campbell's explanation during the week. It said, we don't care about picks. They got a quarterback. There's going to be a good player at number two. He wants to build a winning culture. He is about winning. He said you can't start a winning culture if you don't win. And I... I, look, I'm. It's the Lions. I don't want to see the Lions get great, but I I like what he has to say. If I'm a fan of the Lions, I have to be happy about that. Well, it's the difference between him and Urban Meyer. I mean, you got to win that locker room every day. These guys don't want to go out there and be embarrassed, and so they tried things. Let's make this fun. Let's give it our best shot. Let's take some shots and see if we can bump these guys off. And they end up, you know, bumping off the team with the number one seed in the NFC at home you know, uh, to get their third stinking win of the season. And so Tom Kennedy, that, that receiver, he was asked about, you know, the difference in the attitude. There, there's a couple of players in that locker room on the Lions side last night, Bill, that used the word love. They love playing for this coach. You never heard that under Matt Patricia. And Tom Kennedy talked about the excitement with the Lions. Yeah, it's awesome as a player to uh, be in an offense where stuff like that happens, I think, I think you need to be successful and you need to have successful plays where teams are scheming up saying, hey, when we get this look, uh, we think this is coming. And then you show them that and do something a little bit different. And I think that's why it's successful. I like, uh, what is it, Ananra, St. Brown, uh, Equinemius' brother. I I really, I, I think he's a hell of a player. He's They used the hell out of him. They couldn't cover him over the middle. And he was another guy, I think, that was excited with that offense and the way they uh, the way they kind of opened things up. This was Economia St. Brown's younger brother. And here's a guy who went in the fourth round out of USC. The Packers, in the third round, they took Amari Rogers, who maybe has been had his growth stunted when they brought on Randall Cobb. And in the fourth round, they took Royce Newman, who ended up being, you know, your starting guard. So it wasn't like Goody missed on those picks, but this kid is, is outstanding. Now, here's the thing. I, you know what? Last week... I was I had not seen much of the Lions since the Packers played them, so I was going through the highlights, and I noticed a couple of weeks ago they were playing in Atlanta, and they were running these trick plays then. They ran a fake punt a couple of weeks ago down Atlanta like they tried yesterday early in the game against the Packers. So I even asked Nathaniel Hackett this question last week, the offensive coordinator of the Packers. There's a great story. You know, when Joe Philbin – took over for McCarthy in 2018. He had those four games. And there was a great question of Philbin, like, you know, you got four games. They don't mean anything. Your season's over with. Your head coach got fired. Why don't you guys try some trick plays? And Joe Philbin, the old offensive coordinator, said, why would I ever take 12 off the field? You know, why would I ever run the Wildcat if I got Aaron Rodgers? And I asked Nathaniel Hackett that, and he thought, oh, he said, that's a pretty good answer. But, you know, they thought they have enough of their trickeration with their misdirection plays. But the fact is the, the Lions ran a version of that play just two weeks ago. Now you could tell that the Packers had been watching the tape because Aranra St. Brown, the rookie says he could hear the Packers calling out the play or what they thought was going to be the play as it developed. It turned into the 75 yard touchdown. And he talked about the excitement that Dan Campbell and the, and the staff have, have opened up the offense in the second half of the season. Yeah, I think our coaches, I mean, they designed, I think, perfect plays. I mean, like you said, it was, we ran against Atlanta. We ran at that play where I come across, get that handoff twice. Um, so actually before that play, 
that Tom Kennedy threw. Um, I'm lined up, and all I hear from the sideline is, 14's getting the ball coming across, 14's getting the ball, and I'm just smiling because I already know what's about to happen. So I get the ball. I mean, T, give it to TK, try to protect the edge of whatever I can, and TK just throws a dime to, to Khalif. So it was perfect. So they knew it was coming and still you know, got sucked in, couldn't prevent it. Yeah. Now, there were some stories when Equinemia St. Brown came out of Notre Dame that his dad kind of was an interfering kind of guy, you know, one of those agent-type dads. But uh-huh. whatever, both the parents, the mom and the dad, you got to give it up to them. I mean, they got one kid that comes out of Notre Dame and is playing for the Packers, and now the younger son is becoming the star here in Detroit playing for the Lions. So he got two sons on the field in a football game, in an NFL game, and so – Ananra, the younger kid uh, from the Lions, was asked, is there a rivalry between his big brother, EQ, and how proud their parents must be to have two sons in the NFL now? Yeah, I mean, it's a, I think for my parents, a dream come true for them. You know, the amount of work that they put in into us, you know, they took us across the country, different schools, visiting different colleges, spending a lot of money on us, and to finally have, you know, to see their kids out on, on the same field at the same time, I think it's just, you know, a dream come true for them, like I said. They're so happy for us. They're excited. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one and one the record right now, so we're even. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, he could probably say, yeah, we didn't play our starters or whatnot, but I don't want to hear that. It's, it's the league. It's the NFL. Everyone's playing to win, so it's, it's one to one and we're even right now. That is uh, Thanksgiving Day at the table fodder at one-on-one. Yeah, I don't want to hear your excuses right yeah. now. It's what that is, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll tell you what, Mike, and again, I go back to Dan Campbell, the culture he's trying to promote, and uh, the fact this was kind of their Super Bowl. They got a couple of wins. They had the tie against Pittsburgh, and they felt that this was kind of their Super Bowl if they could get a win and carry that momentum into next season. Yeah, it was, it was huge, Bill. I mean, he puts hope into you know, the Ford family, into these young players. He comes back, you know, he and his GM have the number two pick overall and a whole bunch of other picks with the trade with the Rams and all that. So, you know, he can he can talk about, hey, things can get better next year if you keep me on as head coach. What You know what's interesting was you talking about Matt Nagy being fired today in Chicago. Remember four years ago, Nagy gets into Chicago, and what were they doing? They were running trick plays. They were having fun. That yep. was the Papa Bear special, you know. And then, you know, four years later, he's on his fifth quarterback, and he's handing off the play calls to other guys. I mean, it's an, it's interesting how quick he, quickly it goes downfield. But Dan Campbell, you know, was is this emotional guy and talked about pulling off that win against the number one seed, the Packers, at home field, Ford Field. Um, man, that was uh, I was proud of our guys. You know, we we uh, went out and finished on a high note. I thought they, you know, in some regards, I did think we played some of our best football. Um, there's still a lot that, you know, we always want to be able to correct and it'll never be perfect. But we said we wanted to go take the hard road one more time, and our guys did that. They really did. They came out and competed and, uh, and, and earned that win. I was proud of them. So the, the opposite side of the spectrum is that Matt LaFleur not happy that they lost the game, but more so I thought when the question came up about them giving up 37 points, it was – he had some terse words. It wasn't so much what he said. I think it's the emph- the emphasis he put on how he said it, Mike. He wasn't happy. Well, I had just come from the locker side, Bill, and then LaFleur was finally coming out to it. And by the way, LaFleur took about 10 questions, and the PR director, because, you know, you got Mark Murphy and everybody else waiting on the team playing, said, uh, okay, that's it. 
And Lafleur turned to him and said, "I'm not done yet." I mean, he oh. did a pin drop. Yeah, he said that to Jason. I'm not done yet. And he took another six, half dozen questions. You know what? Because he wanted to get his message out there. And he wanted, and, and also because the media is all limited. And we, we t- took the effort to all come over here and, and, and follow the team and everything. He took questions for 20 minutes. They can sit on the plane if they want, on the, on the bus if they want to, okay? I've, I'm going to finish this story here. Some of those guys can actually watch that stuff live on their phones. But right. I, I asked him this question because it's like, okay, look, I know there's a lot of substitutions late in the game. I see Rasul Douglas get taken out of the game, and he's on the sideline telling his coach, man, let me back in. It's fourth quarter. But they put in that, you know, um, Isaac Yadam, the kid they got with the trade from the Giants, 24s, basically only been on special teams. He gets beaten coverage all the time. And the Lions come back, and they run with DeAndre Shrift right at his ass for that 14-yard touchdown that put them ahead 37 in that game. And and I thought, you know, it's okay. So, you know, they put in a substitute rather than their first-string guy, Rasul Douglas. Maybe it would have been a better outcome. But uh, still, there's no, there's no excuses for getting beat on trick plays and getting beat by, you know, a, a team that only had three wins if you if think you're going to be a Super Bowl team. And so I asked LaFleur about that. What, you know, what about your defense giving up 37 points today? That's the worst performance you've had since week one against the Saints. I, I would just say the consistency, you know. Defense, football in general, comes down to discipline and people owning their roles. And when you aren't disciplined or you go outside the scheme, bad stuff happens. And we, gotta, we cannot have that. We need all 11 doing their damn job. And if they don't, Stuff like that happens. And that's where I say he sounds emphatic. So when you talk about him wanting to get his message out, certainly sounds like uh, certainly sounds like he wanted to get those words out, that guys outside of these walls need to hear it from uh, myself to say, hey, we got to do our damn job. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. More with Mike Clements when we come back. Hang in there. we got more of the uh, Bill Michael Show right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Last eight starts for Elton Jenkins now in there. So Bakhtiari, we'd assume his day is done on the fake. Rodgers has time, lets it go. Lazard, he's got it! And then lost it and has it again for the touchdown. The catch, the bobble, the catch, and six. Let's talk about that crazy bobble because the slow-mo was nuts on your second touchdown. Were you worried it wasn't going to be ruled a catch, and how did you recover so well? No, I, I wasn't worried that it would be ruled incompletion at all because I knew once I like, kind of bobbled it or fumbled it or whatever, it was well after the fact that I'd already caught it, tucked it, rolled, and did some more after that. So I just wanted to ensure if they were to try to use it against me, that's why I kind of caught the ball towards the end and confirmed that it was a touchdown. It was a great throw. Welcome back. Bill Michael show continues. Alan Lazard talking about the touchdown catch. I, Mike, I, it was weird because I heard Elton Jenkins in there in that highlight. They mentioned Elton Jenkins' name. I'm like, wait, what? Did I miss something? And uh, well, it was just, yeah. Well, Greg, what uh, Greg Olson, the colored guy, the former tight end, was talking about was, you know, the shifts that they had had to make this year with Jenkins playing left tackle and Yash Nyman, you know, took over when Jenkins went down. 
um, in that Vikings game with the, his ACL. So that's how he mentioned that. But no, you know, this was interesting. Uh, going into this game, I was surprised. They got Josh Myers, the rookie who had knee surgery, back into that game. They got Bakhtiari back out there. Well, let me talk a little bit about the injury situation, too. Aaron Jones, the running back, has had a knee now going on two or three weeks, limited in practice. They rested him. That was smart. Um, and then, you know, your best tackler on defense, Devondre Campbell, your inside linebacker, he's been nicked up, so they rested him as well. Randall Cobb, amazingly, is back four or five weeks from core surgery, but he got COVID. And so, you know, he won't be able to go now until the playoffs. And then MVS, the, the season about MVS, man, I mean, he was going to maybe emerge as your number two guy with Devontae. He got off to a good start. Then he had a hamstring that set him, shut him down for about a month. Then he looked really good in the Ravens game. And then he got COVID. And then yesterday he had to leave the game with a back injury. So, you know, Alan Lazard is now your number two guy. And so your leader, and he's come on in the last couple of weeks. And, and you know, we've talked about how Rodgers had one of these famous sit-downs with him and, and Lazard's making these plays and, and you know, looking good for the cameras in the, in the end zone. And so Alan was asked, all right, so you just lost to the Lions, the three-win Lions. What in you guys, the veterans, the players' minds, that was the most important thing for you to accomplish here in Detroit against the Lions? The biggest thing was just for us to get, go out there and just to be able to play in rhythm. You know, I think we did a great job the first half coming out there with the starters and be able to kind of put some points up on the board. Um, just get into that rhythm, get into, you know, the play calling. You know, it's going to be another two weeks before we play a game again. So if we didn't play today, it would have been three weeks. Not if the game really wants to do that. We know what's at stake. You know, these past two years, we've come up one game short of, you know, our ultimate goal. So the big message is, you know, what are you willing to uh, to do to put yourself in a, in a better position to help this team out? Are you sacrificing? Sacrificing your time? Are you putting the right efforts into your film and the practice and your recovery? And you get to making sure you're staying on your sleep? Or are you more focused on what's going on on social media? Well, uh, the good news is that guys seem to be, you know, getting healthy, seem to be getting more focused, hopefully as this, uh, you know, the postseason winds on. And then to get Bakhtiari and Josh Myers both back in the field, Mike. Now I'm wondering how they're feeling today, but uh, I only saw one time Bakhtiari got a little bit beat on a lateral move. But beyond that, he looked really good. Yep, I saw that play too. So here's the question. Do you stick with the line that brung you, like Nyman a left tackle, John Runyon a left guard, uh, Lucas Patrick at center, the rookie Royce Newman at right guard, and you got this Dennis Kelly filling in for Billy Turner, and there's no word still on where Billy Turner is with his knee injury. Or you try and bring back, you know, this Josh Myers at center, your big second-round pick, who was off to a great start until he had have his knee surgery. And I thought it was very interesting. They brought in Myers in the first half, and they moved Lucas Patrick to right guard, and they benched the rookie Newman. I thought that was really, really an interesting move. But David Bakhtiari, in the warm-ups, Bill, it's like, okay, yeah, this is, this is how good this guy is. Just even in the warm-ups, you can see how quick he is with his hands, how quick he is with his feet. And so Bakhtiari was asked, what does it mean after this year of uh, trying to come back from that torn ACL you suffered at a stinking practice uh, in your left knee? What did it mean to come back today? Um, it's a long, long journey. Still, you know, finishing up a little bit of it. But, uh, yeah, uh, I was expecting to be back earlier than I wanted to. It was tough. Definitely more mentally on me than anything. Uh, 
but I'm just fortunate, so happy just to see the other side, be out there with the guys, play by any means. Yeah, so I was really just pumped just to be out there today. It just meant a lot. It was uh, interesting to hear that he had to have all that fluid and such, that he had to have the setback, and obviously then uh, you, the fluid was being drained. It was going, listening to him last night was interesting. And you know, from the former players we worked with, you know, the, the horror stories, running backs and all that, guys that had a couple of knee surgeries. And, of course, they've improved the technology, but, you know, the body is still the same. And so Bakhtiari has never been through this before, so he would talk to – you know, his teammate Josiah DeGora, who is just getting through it himself, and the trainer, they call him Flea, Brian Engel, on what because he thought Bakhtiari said, I thought I could be back by the Chiefs game. That's the way it seemed to be tracking by October or November, a nine or ten month recovery. But he started having these troubles. He started having this pain. Something wasn't right. And it wasn't even stuff that showed on the MRIs. It was just the feel that he had in his knee. So we asked him after the game, first time we could talk to him in months. What led to having to have to have that knee scoped in November? Uh, I had some, I had some feeling that it didn't feel normal, but for the time frame, it was supposed to be right. So I, and I've never been through this before. So I was like, all right, I guess this is just how uh, everyone feels coming back. And I've talked to, and I was in constant contact with Brian and a couple other guys talking to Josiah as we were going on the journey. Uh, frankly, I, I had more scar tissue than I wanted to laterally and. It was inhibiting certain movements and play in my knee. And then one other area, I don't want to get too much into detail, but that just was affecting where my knee was bending, which was creating more fluid. I mean, to be honest, I was, when I was returning back, I was constantly sitting around 80 to 100 cc's of fluid, which is not comfortable at all. Uh, so now getting, you know, going back and having surgery, doing a couple other things, a couple other remedies outside, it really, my knee finally started responding, cooperating, and all I can ask it to do is just, like what I told the trans, I just want to be competitive. Just let my, you know, my doesn't be perfect, just needs to work. And, you know, if anyone knows having 80 to 100 cc's of fluid weekly is not conducive to be uh, explosive or, you know, it shuts down a lot of your quads. So for me, now I got it under control. It, it has fluid, but still it works, and that's all I can ask for, and, and eventually it'll uh, sort itself out. It is normal to carry some fluid, so that's why I'm happy with where I am. So, to, for those who don't know, how much does that equal when it comes to about 100 cc's of fluid? It's about a half a cup of water. I, I can't imagine that floating around in your knee, man. I mean, the yeah, floating under swelling, your skin. The yeah. swelling, the pain, you know, all that kind of situation. So, you know, so Bakhtiari, he didn't really want to go out there and play on the turf. Like, no thanks. Okay, I don't want my first game to be back on turf. And, uh, but you know what, Aaron Rodgers, it turns out, we, there was a rumor going around last week that Rodgers was kind of, uh, lobbying for this to get, to get the best five out there, to get Josh Myers, the big kid back out there at center and see how that looked. And, you know, you want, got to wonder if how Lucas Patrick reacts to that. Uh, but at least they put him in a right guard, uh, and, and to get Bakhtiari, but you know, Rodgers is like, you guys, you've got to get your snaps in now. We can't debut this in a do or die playoff game in two weeks with whatever hot wild card teams coming in here, uh, that situation. And so Bakhtiari goes out there and he, they, it's like LaFleur has been saying all along where it's, it's a feel, you know, it, it, people keep on asking, well, the media keeps asking LaFleur some of these questions about, well, what do you know? What do you know? And he's like, I, it's, it is, it was day to day. In fact, and Bakhtiari, 
actually had 27 snaps in the game, a couple more than he thought. He got halfway through their fourth drive. You know, they didn't score the drive before. So he probably wanted to put, you know, a postscript on, on, on a nice touchdown drive. But he, he got fatigued. He started getting gassed. But we asked him about that rumor. Is it true that Aaron Rodgers nudged him and Josh Myers into playing some in the Lions game than wait for the first playoff game? Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I got a text from Aaron. He said, I'd love for you to be out there. I mean a lot. I wasn't really planning on it. My goal was just to, for me, just practice is most important. Putting consecutive days of practice, knocking off the rest of practice. I've played in more than enough games. It doesn't, I played in a bunch of playoff games that didn't really feel the need. Um, but when he texted me, I'm like, all right, see how it goes in practice. I liked how it was in practice. I'm like, you know what? Like I said, you know, I didn't want to exactly be on turf. I'm like, let's, let's do it. Let's go have fun. I'm out there, and I think it was you know, more for him than uh, for me. I mean, I felt good. I liked, uh, I liked where my feet were. I liked where my hands were, um, all things considered. Uh, obviously, some things to work on, some things to feel out, but I uh, was very pleased with my first you know, 20-something reps in over a year. It's good to get Bakhtiari back out there. Josh Myers the same. Hang in there. We're going to wrap things up. Mike Clement joining us uh, on the line, our Sirius XM NFL Packer insider. Stay tuned. we got more right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. still in. First down, Green Bay. Adams has it for the first down and the new Green Bay single season record. Welcome back to the program. Our good buddy Mike Clemens on the line with us and he is brought to you by our friends over there at the Bay Motel Green Bay. Go to BayMotelGreenBay.com. That is BayMotelGreenBay.com. Quiet, cozy, comfortable and they've got the Bay Family Restaurant seven days a week. Uh, home style cooking. Good food there too. Go to BayMotelGreenBay.com or call them 920-494-3441 for reservations. 920-494-3441. So, uh, Devontae got what he wanted. He got the record uh, in the, uh, you know, all joy in Mudville, so to speak, Mike, even though they ended up losing the ball game. But uh, he was able to uh, at least get the record in 16 games. And uh, Devontae Adams, very deserving. So, kudos to him. All kinds of records going down, Michael, for, for the lines at Amonra, St. Brown, and EQ's younger brother. He set a record for most yards by a rookie receiver for the Detroit Lions, and they've had a lot of good receivers when you think of Megatron and all those other guys. Uh, and then, by the way, you know, going into the game, Devontae needed just 21 yards. Does, does anybody point out, remind us that yesterday was the 17th game of the season? I mean, <laughs> Right. Because it There's a lot of records being broken down because you've added a game. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Not to take it away, Devontae's a tremendous athlete, tremendous receiver. The growth of that guy in his seven, eight years in, in Green Bay is exponential as to how good he's become at it. And so after he catches the ball and then in the locker room, he was asked after the game, you know, did you reach out to Jordy Nelson yet uh, to talk about the new franchise record for most yards in a season? He actually just texted me when I was walking in here right now, so I didn't want to rush it and uh, send him just anything, so i got to make sure I get something that's heartfelt for him. But uh, it feels great, man. Um, you know, just more so just like I say every every single time I, I talk about my stats, it's always about 
just hold myself to a certain standard to be able to come out here and uh, you know do my thing to ultimately win the football game. So obviously that didn't happen today, but we've been able to win a lot of games this year. So you know if I continue to rack them up and and do my part, you know, it puts us in a really good position. So that's what makes me feel best about um, going out and being able to get a record or you know have a successful game at any point. Now they, uh, Mike, they get the week off. Uh, we, we get wind that Zedaria Smith has been cleared or will be cleared, and he's going to be practicing. And uh, Ian Rappaport says that he could be ready for the divisional round game, which is stunning to me. But And they also confirmed that it was a herniated disc surgery in his back. Hmm. Yeah, and that explains, too, because I saw just before we left Saturday morning from Wisconsin that Zedaria put out the tweet that just had that little ticking clock. And I'll right. see that was on, he put that on Twitter. So that got everybody a buzz like, okay, there must be some next step. Hey, last night was a tremendous game between the Raiders and the Chargers in Las Vegas. And you know who stepped up in that game for Las Vegas was Casey Hayward, a Ted Thompson draft pick. People have always, you know, he went on to the Chargers and became a pro bowler. A lot of people say that, you know, Ted or the Packers screwed up and letting him go. I didn't think that way because Casey had had so many injuries and was a good kid. And, you know, they'd waited four or five years, and they were moving on to other guys. But he ended up having great years. Well, now, you know, the the Chargers let him go. He's 32 years old, and he sat on that free agent board in May and June and watching him make four or five huge plays for the Raiders to shut down that potent Chargers offense. I thought, well, there's a guy that maybe Brian Goodikin should have, could have brought in, along with Russell Douglas. But after the game, Bill, Michelle Trefoya was interviewing Derek Carr, the winning quarterback, and I thought this was crazy that Carr said that he actually got encouragement from Aaron Rodgers before the game. Congratulations. This game had everything. How would you describe the emotions it brought out of you from beginning to end? How do you describe this? Um, You know, I'll have a lot of emotion later, probably. Um, There's been a lot of heartache, a lot of hard times, uh, a lot of fight, a lot of grit. We knew no matter what, we didn't want to tie. We wanted to win the football game. Obviously, my mindset all day, I even was texting with Aaron Rodgers this morning. morning. My mindset was to make sure that we were the only team moving on after this. What what were you texting Aaron Rodgers about this morning? He's always been good to me since I came into the league. So, Aaron, appreciate you, man. Um, But we became friends now and we talked. So uh, I appreciate his encouragement today. I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did. (laughs) I I think he's a bad guy. Oh, I like the drop, Mike. Dynamite. That, uh, that, that broadcasting school really paying off, Michael Clemens. You know, I have a total respect for hard pub Arkish, but, man, what a rough week that dude had. So, yeah, oh, Rodgers, boy. I'm watching him. When Love goes into the second half, Rodgers is on the phones upstairs to Nathaniel Hackett. He's on the headset. Every time Love comes off the field, he's sitting next to Love, along with Luke Getzey, quarterback coach, going over the iPad. You know, he was all into trying to help, you know, beat that Lions defense for Jordan Love. He's making, you know, medical decisions for David Bakhtiari and Josh Myers. <laughs> I mean, the dude is all over the team right now. Aaron Rodgers is all in, and he's calling quarterbacks in the AFC and wishing them right. well. Hey, Mike, let me ask you this, uh, yeah. and just real quick on Jordan Love, because Jordan Love has been getting starters reps since the Kansas City week, nine weeks now. Give me your quick assessment of two quarters of Jordan Love. You know what? His numbers, when you just look at completions and yardage, almost parallels what Rodgers had. 
He was short one touchdown. He had one touchdown dropped, but the picks were just ridiculous. I mean, he gave points to the Lions, and that's the difference. That And no one – here's the other thing. No quarterback in the league wants to follow Aaron Rodgers, and that's how tough a task Jordan Love has got right now. Yeah, no doubt. Good stuff. Mike, uh, appreciate it, and uh, we'll chat more down the road, okay? Thank you, Billy. Appreciate it, bud. There you go. That's it. The music indicates we are done. It is a Monday. Missed some of today's biggest plays? The Bill Michael Show podcast is streaming at madcitysportszone.com.